All right, well, hey everyone. Uh, my name is Kevin Norcross, pastor of Next Generation and Outreach. Really looking forward to sharing uh, the message with you today. The title of my message is called Fill Me Up. And this is a prayer that all of us should be praying as Christ followers. And um, in the book of Ephesians here, this is a prayer that, um, that Paul is praying to God on behalf of the Ephesian people. And um, I got this simple illustration here. This jug represents God's love, although it's <laughs> much bigger than that. And this cup represents you and me. And our prayer needs to be that God would pour his love into us and, and fill us up. And this should be a regular prayer that we pray. Um, if you could turn to uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 to 21, I'm going to read it in a moment. Um, again, these six verses are um, in Ephesians are a prayer by Paul to God on behalf of the Ephesian people. And it's a prayer for them specifically, but it's also a prayer to the general church and a prayer for you and for me. And he's praying that they may bring glory to God by um, being filled with God. And this is a great example for prayer to us. There's a whole bunch of truth that we're going to pull out of it. So um, I'm going to read this prayer and you can follow along. Again, it's Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. And here's what it says. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that you out of his glorious, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you in power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have the power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled uh, to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that's work in us, at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So this is an incredible prayer. And again, Paul is praying this to God on, the behalf, on behalf of the Ephesians that they would be full of God so that they can bring glory to God. So this brings us to our big idea for today. In order to bring glory to God, you must be filled with God in these four ways. Now, these four ways are a bit of an overview based on this prayer. There are lots of other ways that you can be filled with God. But perhaps as we go through this and we look at these four ways, you might be able to pick something that stands out to you to say, that's something that I want to work on. I want to be filled with God in this way so that I can bring glory to God. And we'll, we'll see these four things as we go through verse by verse. So first of all, verse 14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. The first few words there, for this reason, refers to the, the verses previous in this book. Even though Paul is in prison because of his teaching, and despite all the hardships he's facing, he says that he cares deeply for the Ephesian people, and he wants to serve them and wants to do what's best for them. Last week, we learned about ways that we can live a grace-filled life. And in these verses, Paul continues to advocate for the Ephesians. Paul continues to uh, his ministry to the Ephesians by praying for them in this part of, of the book. And he's encouraging the Ephesian people. Guys, you need to get so full of God that you can bring glory to God and they can grow in their spiritual health. The second part of this verse says, He kneels before 
the Father. He kneels in reverence. Uh, he understands that God is huge and vast and important. And in a normal conversation, you, you stand and you talk face to face. But in this situation, he uh, kneels before the, the, the Father uh, in humility and in submissiveness. And it also says before the Father. That means they're talking face to face. Uh, this points to the relationship that he has with God and, and the fact that this relationship can only happen because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Uh, because of his sin, he can't have relationship with God, but because of what Jesus did on the cross and paid the penalty for sin, he can talk to God face, for, face to face. This is a great example of how we should approach prayer, that we would kneel before God in humility, that we would uh, talk to God face to face in intimacy. I remember when I asked my wife Kylie to marry me. I'll save you all the boring details, but we ended up in this field uh, in winter and I had made this big sign in the field that said, uh, that said, I love you. And when Kylie saw that, uh, I got down on my knee and I looked at her face to face and, and I asked her if she would marry me. Now, spoiler alert, she said yes. And it was this great moment. I was full of uh, anxiety and worry and it, I was scared and I was excited. And it was this very uh, neat moment where I, I knelt down out of respect for my wife and I said those words and it was this face-to-face -face moment. I remember collapsing on the ground just out of uh, just total relief that she said yes and that this moment was over. And I just, I encourage you as you approach God in prayer to model this the way that, that Paul was praying. Um, in humility and awe and sub submissiveness to God and also recognize that you can approach God face to face in relationship because of the work that Jesus did on the cross. All right, moving on to verse 16. It says, I pray out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. It's a reminder that his glorious riches are vast and massive. God has so many riches that he can pour out on his people. When you look to God for strength, you know that he has the resources to provide. We all need strength each and every day to live for God and to stand up for him. It's not just a one-time thing, but it's an ongoing thing day to day, uh, and that it happens through the work of the Spirit. For example, when you buy a car, you fill the car up with gas, and you don't expect that that tank of gas is going to last you for the rest of the time you own the car. No, as you watch that gauge go down, you need to keep filling that car up. Same thing in your relationship with God. You need to rely on him for strength and keep relying on him for strength. Keep looking for ways to be filled by God over and over and over. And this is a strength that comes from within. Uh, the scripture says your inner being. We see here the difference between inward self and outer self. When you see someone uh, really strong, like really big muscles like myself, no, not like myself, but when you see a strong person, you, you see their strength. This is not talking about outward strength. This is talking about inward strength. The work of the Spirit inside each one of us makes us strong. This strength comes each and every day as we are renewed daily by God. You see, we live in this world where we're bombarded constantly by evil and lies and these things are in your face day in and day out and in order to not only survive but to thrive in your relationship with God you need to be renewed by God you need to give God the time and the space to pour into you you need to read scripture and memorize it and absorb it 
You need to pray and communicate and write and reflect and listen. You need to sing and offer praise and worship to God. And I would encourage you to find time within your daily routine to spend time with God where he can pour his strength into you each and every day. Look for opportunities for God to fill you with strength throughout the day um, from his vast and glorious riches. And recognize that God has these glorious riches and he wants to pour them out on you so that you can bring glory to God. Back to this car and gas example. Uh, Last week we traveled to Myrtle Beach and we had the the car packed and we left right after church. And uh, it was about a 15 hour drive and, and we drove straight. And I was determined to get there as fast as possible. Uh, We put in the Google Maps and I saw the arrival time. It was like 4 a.m. or something like that. And the whole time I was determined that I would chew away at that arrival time. And so we got focused. We had snacks. We had activities for the kids. And we started driving. Uh, And I didn't want to stop. I wanted to keep going. But I watched that gas gauge go down and down and down and down. Eventually we had to stop and put like $5,000 of gas in there because gas prices are so high. And then of course everybody had to get out and use the bathroom and it took all this extra time. I didn't want to stop and put the investment into my vehicle to keep us going. But I knew that I had to or else we wouldn't reach our destination. We'd be stuck at the side of the road and and, uh, it would have taken much longer. That's the same thing in our journey with Christ. We need to take the time to stop and make that investment into our spiritual health so that we don't get ourselves in trouble. And I encourage you to to figure out your spiritual gas gauge and know when you need to spend time with God and and allow Him to pour into you. So I challenge you, depending on where you're at in your journey with Christ, we're all at different stages, but we're in this journey together. I encourage you to look for ways that you can be strengthened by God. Our big idea again, in order to bring glory to God, you must be filled with God in four ways. The first one is to be strengthened by Him. In order to bring glory to God, you need to be filled with God by being strengthened by Him, spending time with Him, being filled with Him, relying on Him for strength, and daily being renewed by God. So moving on to verse 17, it says, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, as you take time and space to grow in your relationship with Christ, you learn that Christ dwells in your heart. And as a Christ follower, you keep trusting and believing through faith that Christ will continue to dwell in your heart within you and take up more residence within you. Uh, Kylie and I, when the kids were really young, before they could even talk, we used to say, you know, where does Jesus live? And they would point to their heart. And it was this really, you know, cute moment. And, but it's a profound realization for you today to remember that Christ lives within your heart. That, that he takes up residence. Relationship with God is not this arm's length thing. It's not like COVID rules. You got to stay six feet apart from God. No, God wants to be close to you, an intimate relationship with you. God wants to strengthen you from within, deep down in your heart, to the deepest parts of your soul, down to your core. A couple weekends ago, Jayla had a volleyball tournament, my daughter Jayla, and they played hard. They lost horribly, but they played hard. And they, they hit the ball, they served, they dove, they worked hard all day. The next day, Jayla said, oh, my abs are so sore. Why are my abs sore? And we talked about how all this physical activity and focus affected her very core of, of her muscles. 
And that's the same thing, what God wants for us. He doesn't just want to kind of be close to us and he wants to affect the very core of your being, that your relationship with God would be so deep and so impactful that it would affect the core of your being, that he would dwell deep down within your heart. Now, there's a big difference between having a guest in your home and somebody moving in. Uh, having a guest in your home can be very stressful. I'm not sure if you've heard of the chaos excuse. Uh, chaos is a, <clears throat> an acronym for can't have anyone over syndrome. I don't know if you've heard of that. Can't have anyone over syndrome, where you realize my house is so messy and so out of order. I can't have anybody over. It's too stressful. And, uh, you know, especially with little ones. Let me tell you a secret. Do you want to know how to get your house clean once a week? Start a small group. Now, that's not a reason to, small, to start a small group. But there is a benefit in having a small group. When you know once a week that you've got people coming over, you want to prepare your home for your guests. You want to tidy things up. You want to put things away. Um, you want things to be comfortable. You know, you set out um, some snacks and some, some drinks. And you, you want to create this great evening where you're, you're hospitable to your guests, where you can connect. You can talk about the things of God. There's a start time and a finish time. And, and, and it's great. And, but there's a big difference between having guests over and having somebody move in. Uh, throughout our marriage, Kylie and I have had various people living with us, uh, you know, young adults or Bible college students or people who just needed a place to stay for a season. And preparation for somebody moving in is much different than preparation for somebody coming over to visit. You got to get a room ready. You got to prepare the bedding. Um, you got your thinking through what will this be like? Somebody actually living with us. They're going to see uh, how we function. They're going to know us, uh, you know, good stuff and bad stuff. Um, also, having somebody move in with you, you get to know them on a deeper level. It's not like they come over for an hour a week. You really get to know each other in a deep way. There's bigger sacrifice, but there's also deeper relationship. God not only wants to visit with you once a day in your devotion time, but God wants to move in. God wants to dwell. God wants to take up residence and have a deeper connection with you. So I challenge you, no matter where you're at in your journey with Christ, we're all at different stages, but we're in this journey together, that you would uh, move towards Christ dwelling in your heart in a deeper way. Again, our big idea, in order to bring glory to God, you must be filled with God in four ways. This is the second one, that God would dwell in your heart. In order to bring glory to God, you've got to be filled up with God by, a, by making room for God to dwell in your heart, inviting Him to visit, prepare for that time spent together, move towards Him taking up residence in your heart and being there long term. Dwelling in your heart is much different than just visiting. We all need to work towards this at being hospitable and thoughtful and as possible as we Christ dwells in our hearts and in our lives. Uh, the second part of verse 17 says, And I pray that you being rooted and established in love. Rooted and established in love. This is another way to be filled by God. Rooted deep in the love of God. Taking time to dive into scripture and into the things of God and, and get to know him in a deep way. Recently in London, we had a, a big uh, windstorm. And as I was driving around the city, I saw some of those signs that were blown over. And I said, oh, no, 
How is our sign doing back at the church? I hope it's okay. And I was happy as I drove by to see that our sign still was standing. And the reason it's still standing is because we took these big, long metal stakes and we drove them deep down in the ground on all these different angles, hoping that it would be able to withstand a windstorm. And it did. And this is, uh, this is what Paul is praying for the Ephesian people, that they would um, be so uh, grounded and rooted in the, and established in their faith. Like a big tree that goes up really high and spreads out really far. In order for it to endure a windstorm, it needs to have a deep root system. How does this happen? It happens through time. It happens through sunlight, through water, through nutrients, through care. And as a Christ follower, I encourage you to be rooted deep in the love of God. Each and every day, do things that will help you become more rooted and more established uh, in your root system. So again, no matter where you're at in your journey with Christ, we're all at different stages, but we're in this journey together. Let us all find ways that we can become more rooted and deeper in Him. The big idea, in order to bring glory to God, you must be filled with God in four ways. This is the number three, to be rooted in Him. So in order to bring glory to God, you must be filled with God by being rooted in Him. Every day, look for opportunities to grow deeper in your relationship with God, to provide good, healthy nutrients, sun, water, and other things to encourage spiritual growth, to focus on going deeper in the things of God, and recognize that this deep root system will help you endure storms and difficulties of life. Uh, moving on to verse 18, it says, you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. First of all, that first part, power together with all the Lord's people. This refers to Christ's followers today and those who have gone before us. We have a rich heritage of Christ's followers who have gone before us. It's a reminder to you and to me that you are not alone. There are so many Christ followers who are around you and a part of the church, and we are a part of something vast and amazing. I remember growing up at youth group, uh, I would go to my youth group. It was a bigger one. It was like 100 uh, students. And I remember this was big, but it was small compared to my high school of 1,400 people. And I remember feeling very alone sometimes in my faith. Like nobody else really thinks the way I think or, or makes decisions the way I, I do. And I, I, I felt kind of alone, even in my youth group, even though it was big and I had good friends there, we kind of felt like, is this, is this it? Is this the only people in, in my city who, who love God? I remember once a year my, my faith would be encouraged in this way when we would go away to youth convention. Uh, that was uh, all the youth groups from my denomination in the area would go to Queen's University and we would spend the weekend there in the dorms after the college, the university students had moved out. And we would uh, have worship services in the hockey arena. And I remember as a young, as a young man in my faith, looking around, seeing 5,000 other students worshiping God, realizing, wow, I'm a part of something big. I'm a part of something bigger. There are other students like me who love God and want to serve Him. And this is a reminder in Scripture for you today that you are not alone. You are not alone in your faith. There are other people walking with you. And, uh, you know, gathering together on a Sunday or watching service online, it's, you're a part of something bigger. And I want to encourage you, whether you're... Uh, 
watching online or attending in a, in a service on a Sunday, get connected with other Christ followers. It's so vital and so important to be with other people so that you're reminded that you are not alone. There is power in knowing this. There's something amazing and powerful that happens when God's people get together and they worship Him and they praise Him and they learn about Him. Some people say it's, it's very emotional. It's more than emotional. It's more than a feeling. It is a, a powerful, spiritual, biblical experience. And it's something uh, bigger than yourself and your faith is built up and you're encouraged. The second part of uh, verse 18 says, To grasp. Uh, how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. How, how wide and high and deep is the love of Christ. As we gather together and focus on God, whether by yourself or with others, we begin to grasp how amazing this love of Christ is. This part of this prayer is an encouragement to dive into the things of God. The love of God is incomprehensible. <laughs> it is vast. It is beyond understanding. It is inexhaustible. As a Christ follower, we have the opportunity to, to, to grasp it, to get a glimpse of it or a, a taste of it or to try it, try in some way to wrap our, our, our earthly mind around how vast and amazing this love of God is. Just to perceive it or comprehend it even a little bit. That is why it's a day-to-day -day process. Understanding that everything that you need is in Him. Too many times as Christ followers, we search for maybe a substitute to God's love, or we search outside God's love for something, uh, purpose or fulfillment. But by doing this, you come up short and you'll find hurt and emptiness. It's only within the love of Christ that you will find what you need. Each and every day, you have the opportunity to grasp him, to take hold of him a little bit more. Again, I challenge you, depending on where you're at in your journey with Christ, we're all at different stages. We need to, to support each other and know that we're in this journey together. But I challenge you to look for ways to grasp His love. Our big idea, in order to uh, bring glory to God, you must be filled with God in these four ways. The fourth one is to grasp His love. In order to bring glory to God, we need to be filled with God by looking for ways to grasp His love. Spending time with Him, being filled by Him, looking to Him as your source, and recognizing how big and vast His love is. Last couple verses in here, and then we're done. Uh, verse 19, And to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That's the purpose here, that you would be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Here he's trying to uh, explain the unexplainable. He's trying to, uh, he's talking about ways that you can get full of God in order to bring glory to God. Through, uh, through strength from him, uh, that he would dwell in you, that you would be rooted in him, that you would grasp him. But his love is huge. His love is beyond your mind's comprehension. It is like trying to measure the unmeasurable. God is inexhaustible. He cannot be explained. He is unexplainable. 
Some of these concepts in earth and in scripture that I find unexplainable. Uh, it talks about how uh, when we're forgiven of our sins, God removes our transgressions as far as the east is from the west. Trying to wrap your mind around that concept. It, you, you can't wrap your mind around it. Um, it talks about the uh, grains of sand on, on the shores. To pick up a handful of sand and to try and count it and then think of all the sand on all the seashores in the world. That, that's incomprehensible. It's beyond the understanding of your mind. Um, uh, that he would uh, be able to count the hairs on your, on your head. That's something crazy to wrap your mind around. For some of us, it's a little bit easier to wrap your mind around. Or uh, the weight of the world, the concept of how much the world weighs. All these things are, are mind-blowing. Here's another example. Uh, the other night... Um, at the dinner table, Caden threw out this question for discussion, and it led to a good one. Uh, he said, what do you guys think there are more of in this world? Wheels or doors? And I was like, what are you talking about? This is really dumb. And he's like, no, seriously, seriously. How, what is there more of in this world? Wheels or doors? So right there at home, uh, I want you to take a moment, pick your opinion, if you're watching with somebody, turn to the person beside you, tell them what you think. What is there more of in this world? Wheels or doors? I'll give you a couple seconds to talk that through. Well, let me elaborate on it a little more. The, the conversation went towards more things like, okay, well, there's uh, on a car, there's four wheels. But, oh, wait, there's also four doors. So those kind of cancel each other out. And then we started talking about the cupboards in the kitchen. Oh, there's so many doors in the, on the cupboards in the kitchen. And then I was like, yeah, but the drawers have wheels on it. And then that got into a little argument. And then someone said, what about sheds in the backyard? There's more doors there. And then someone else was like, well, well there's a lawnmower in the shed. And it's got, you know, four wheels. And then it just got into this intense uh, conversation around the dinner table and you know well trains trains have so many wheels and then I was like yeah well what about a train that's carrying a load full of doors then anyways it's this big uh, it's this big argument I encourage you to carry this deep theological uh, conversation on at lunchtime apparently there's people on social media who are very opinionated about it that they know uh, that there is more doors or there is more there are more wheels but the point of this is to let you, your mind run a little bit to realize this argument is kind of inexplainable. You can't really actually figure it out. The more you dive into this argument, the more you realize uh, that there's more to it than you at first uh, thought. And that's kind of the way it is with the love of God. It's very simple to understand at the beginning. But the more and more you dive into it, you realize that you can't comprehend it. But each and every day we are called as Christ followers to, to strive at it and work at it. Again, it's not a one-time thing. It's a daily pursuit. Being filled with God and understanding the love of God is a day-by-day -day process. Like food, for example, you can't just eat one meal a week and expect to survive the rest of the week on that one meal. No, eating is, is a thing that happens throughout the day and routine and what your body needs, what time allows for. Spiritually, you can't just eat once a week and suppress that hunger for the rest of the week. You've got to fill it with something. And if you don't fill it with something good, you're going to find substitutes to fill it with. In order to be filled, 
to the measure of all the fullness of God, you must discipline yourself to strive for it. Too many times Christians think that perhaps I will just stumble on a new truth or if I wake up and I just go through my day, maybe perhaps I'll grow in my relationship with God or, or I can fake it or possibly progress in it or by some chance I'll find it. That is not how it works because Satan, the enemy of your soul, has a mission to stop you from learning and understanding the things of God. And if we don't take it seriously and strive after it and work after it, work at it, the enemy's going to win and he's going to distract us. He's going to fill us with lies and he's going to cause us to substitute God's truth with something else. The Holy Spirit, in contrast, he's working to draw you and to nudge you and to call you and to encourage you to go deeper in the faith. It's a battle and it's on you to fight and strive and run after the things of God to call out to God when you're hurting and struggling for his help, to put yourself in the right situation to grow and discover and to grasp and to take hold of the love of God and to discipline yourself each day to consume the love of God and refuse to take any substitute for it. This scripture should remind you and inspire you that God is something new and fresh and amazing and tasty and nutritious and satisfying and authentic for you each and every day to grow and to develop each and every day in the full measure of the love of God and his vastness that is incomprehensible. Remember that when you are in Christ, you are living the full life. Despite the world issues, your health, your emotions, your struggles, your finances, there is a deep love of God that is yours to discover. Again, it's not just this one powerful moment each week, but it's a daily routine. Daily routine where you press through distractions and pursue God. Daily where you overcome bad moods and pursue God. Daily where you eliminate excuses and pursue God. Daily where you adjust busy schedules and pursue God. Daily where you find yourself at the foot of Jesus saying, God, I want to be filled with the full measure of your love. The last verse says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that is working us to him be the glory to the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. The whole point here is that God gets the glory. We get full of God so that we can reflect him in this dark world. Every day we're surrounded by spiritual darkness and God calls us to be that light. And he says, Get so full of the love of God that you would be a bright light to this dark world around you. So just a quick uh, review from today. Uh, we looked at this prayer that Paul, Paul prayed for the Ephesian people. It's a prayer for us. And we need to see our lives bringing glory to God. And we do that by being filled with God in these four ways. Number one, strengthened by Him. In order to bring glory to God, you must be filled with God by being strengthened by Him in your inner being. Secondly, dwell in your heart. In order to bring glory to God, you must be filled with God by inviting Him to dwell in your heart. Number three, rooted in Him. In order to bring glory to God, you must be filled with God by being rooted in Him. And lastly, grasp His love. In order to bring glory to God, you must be filled with God uh, by looking for ways to grasp his love. So my challenge to you this week is to set aside time to spend with God. 
Uh, if you're new to this, start out simple. Maybe download the YouVersion Bible app, put on the daily reminder verse of the day and it pops up on your screen and read that verse or set a timer and, and read you know, a, a verse out of Proverbs. Walk before you run. Maybe um, you're used to spending time with God, but you're out of routine. Figure out a way how to get back in routine. Set a, a reminder on your Timex or something and, and get back in that routine. Maybe you're in the routine, but your time of God, with God is stagnant. Pray that God would refresh you. If you're filling your life with other things, with substitutions, I encourage you to stop doing those things in order to make time for God. Not just once a week, but a daily routine of it. Let me pray for us. God, I thank you so much uh, for this chance to look at this scripture today. God, I thank you for your work on the cross and the fact that we can come before you in humility, but also face to face. God, would you help us to bring glory to you? God, would you help us to, to fill our lives up each day with your love? God, would you do a miracle in each one of us that you would refresh our relationship with you and draw us closer to you? God, would you take up residence in a deeper way within our hearts? God, would you help us to spend time with you and to grow in our walk with you each and every day? God, I thank you for your word. May it sink deep, deep, deep down inside of our hearts. We ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen.